0: Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio, and now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright.
1: Hello, and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it's an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'll be introducing my guests shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It's going to be fantastic. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I typically do this every single week. And before I forget, this episode is brought to you by Phone Sites. With Phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. Try it free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. I had Jack Canfield on my show a few years ago, and we had an amazing conversation. Many of you know he was one of the featured experts in The Secret. So one of the questions I asked was, why does the law of attraction not seem to work for everyone? He said there were three reasons. First, we might have limiting self-beliefs around the thing we were asking for. If we don't believe we can really have it, then we won't get it. Second, we're not operating on the same frequency as the thing we're asking for. If we want something wonderful to manifest in our lives, but we ask from a place of sadness, depression, and despair, we aren't in a position to attract that wonderful thing. But if you ask for a place of love, joy, and gratitude, then you are in a much better place to receive. And finally, we're not taking enough action. You'll notice the last six letters of attraction are A-C-T-I-O-N, which spells action, You can't sit on a couch and hope for a million dollars and expect it to show up unless you do something worthy of that $1 million. To learn more about how that interview with Jack Canfield went, you can get my book, Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers. It has a blue cover. It's on Amazon. It's in Barnes & Noble and everywhere else. You won't regret it. With all that in mind, I want to introduce my very special guest. My guest this week is Kurt Mercadante. Let me tell you about him. Kurt helps businesses and entrepreneurs increase their authority brand exposure to the right clients so they can make more money. And for more than 25 years, he's counseled small businesses, entrepreneurs, as well as some of the largest corporations and associations in the country. He's built three profitable businesses, including a seven figure public relations and advertising agency. Kurt is also a Gallup certified strength trainer host of the Freedom Mindset Radio Podcast, and author of the best-selling book, Five Pillars of the Freedom Lifestyle, which we will talk about today. Kurt has spoken, trained, and coached all around the world, and we have so much to talk about today. So here we are with my guest, Kurt Mercadante. Kurt, how are you today?
2: I am doing fantastic, Brian, and uh, even better now that I'm sharing some time with you.
1: Oh, fantastic. Well, thank you so very much for that. Here's the question I always like to lead off with. Did you envision early in your life that you would be where you are right now?
2: Um, parts yes and parts no. It's interesting that what I envisioned when I was younger was what I had built when I had my seven figure agency, exactly as I built, uh, as I had imagined it. But something funny happened. I realized as I built that agency that I really didn't like it. And that vision that i had had for my future at a young age wasn't my vision that I actually wanted to live anymore. So I shut down my agency at peak revenue about three years ago, seven-figure agency, uh, and started from scratch. And so in that regard, yeah, I achieved what I wanted to achieve when I was younger, realized it wasn't for me, and started over.
1: That's a really interesting epiphany. What was it about that, having your dream company, that didn't appeal to you anymore?
2: Yeah, really, it started, you know, I wanted to build a business, and I built a very profitable business, but instead of having the freedom that I always imagined, I built a prison instead. And um, I was working with a lot of large corporations, associations, et cetera, and realized, you know what, I really want to work with the drivers of the economy, with people who are trying to build their freedom businesses to help them do it. And so I work with entrepreneurs, small business owners, to really help them get going, because there's a lot of more really smart people. I work a lot with, like, for instance, financial services entrepreneurs. They're really good at what they do. They're really good at managing money. They're really not so good at communicating a clear message, <laughs> at identifying their ideal clients, and generating more leads to, to get that revenue going. So working with them now, I'm extremely fulfilled. And in fact, my family and I, we are in the process of selling our home. And for an indefinite amount of time, we have four young kids we 're going to be traveling around we don 't know where uh, obviously can 't go across or uh, outside of the u s right now as we 're recording this, but as borders open up, who knows
1: that's absolutely fantastic, so you 're redefining your dream basically
2: absolutely yes and and I regularly audit it, you know it, how free and fulfilled do I feel, not just myself but you know, my wife, my kids, are we moving in the direction that we want to move? Do we feel like we're flowing instead of grinding all the time? And am I helping? At the end of the day, am I helping people in the way that I feel I can help them, which is what a business should be all about. If if, you're in, if your business is not in the business of helping other people, then it's not going to last very long.
1: That is absolutely fantastic. I love that, that there's nothing else to add to that. That's fantastic. So let me ask you this. um, What was your rock bottom moment and how did you get out of it?
2: Yeah, you know, for for about eight years, I was having horrible anxiety attacks. I was about 50 pounds heavier than I am now. I was on a cocktail of prescription drugs. And I remember um, sitting in a dark room on the edge of my bed. And this is back, we lived in Illinois. We live in South Carolina now. My wife came in and I I told her to get the kids away, like bring them down to the basement or out of the house because I couldn't even stand the sound of their voices. And they weren't being bad. It was the anxiety and the pressure because I had built everything around money. And money can become a prison. You know, there's a lot of people during this COVID crisis or mess or whatever we want to call it, who if they built their sense of meaning around stuff, around money, around physical things – you know what? Those physical things are being threatened right now. And it's easy to fall into a pit of despair when you don't have meaning that's around something more deep. And, and you know, you let off this show talking about the law of attraction. Listen, money is not bad at all. Right. A lot of people misquote the Bible and say money is the root of all evil. It's another uh, Joe Vitali, who I had on my podcast, who was in The Secret as well, said, no, the love of money you know, when you become obsessed with money, that's right. when it leads you down the wrong path.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely true. He he was on my show of, a few months ago as well. He's fantastic. I just. Absolutely. He's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. So let me ask you this. How did you decide to become an entrepreneur? Did it run in your family or were you the outlier?
2: No. You know, my dad and uh, I had a dad and a brother who were both entrepreneurs. Uh, my dad became an entrepreneur. Uh, when I was probably around 10 years old, uh, lost his job and decided to reinvent himself. Actually, I was probably about nine years old. He was in his mid-50s, lost his job, was unemployed for two years and didn't want to go on what you know, he saw. Uh, he, you know, he grew up during the Depression, called it the government dole, right? He went out and got a newspaper route. He had been president of Fortune 500 companies went out and got a newspaper route and would get me up at like three or four in the morning. I hated it, right? But we would go and we would deliver newspapers at the morning. And my dad never complained. I'm sure he was like, what am I doing? But he decided, listen, no one is hiring me. I'm not going to complain about ageism or whatever else. I'm just going to go start my own business. So he started his own business, reinvented himself. He was a mechanical engineer, reinvented himself as a management consultant, and went on to have another 20 plus year, incredible career later in life. And so I think that certainly Uh, you know, helped in my programming in a good way.
1: I love that. So
2: what were
1: the challenges of starting your current company?
2: Yeah, you know, uh, my own stupidity, quite honestly. I, Mm. you know, I had built two businesses before and, you know, when I decided, all right, I'm going to reinvent them. I'm really going to start upping and and making, uh, you know, putting out a lot of content. I wrote a book and doing all these things. Oh, I got to, you know, I got to forget everything I've ever done in building successful businesses Mm -hmm. and I'm going to do what these new gurus are telling me. I'm going to hire this. I'm going to, I'm going to do a webinar and I'm going to do Facebook ads and we're going to do this and that and the other thing. And I spent uh, 15 to $20,000 and got zero clients. (laughs) Wow. And I thought, what the heck am I doing? I know how to build a business. So I went back to first principles and went back to getting the right message, clearly identifying my ideal client, figuring out the shortest, straightest, simplest path to deliver that message to that ideal client and then putting together a process to do that on a regular basis to grow my brand to the right clients, uh, bring in new leads and put together a process. I call it a mindless process so that if there's a pandemic, a virus, whatever happens, when that happened, I lost in about a three-day period probably $25,000 worth of keynotes. I said, okay, I allowed myself my little five hours of what the heck's going to happen, right. and I just went back to my process. And when you have that type of process, you feel bulletproof. Uh, it's not perfect, but you know it works and and allows you to really focus on your outcomes.
1: That's great. We've got a couple minutes to our first break. How did you find funding to start and grow your business?
2: Uh huh. I just, uh, I, I had no funding, really. Uh, and actually, in the first year, I spent a lot of money that I had saved from the 14 years of building my agency. But my agency, I started at age 27, 28, and grew it from there, and just went out and hustled, got my first client, got my second client, got my third client, and then just grew from there.
1: I love that. So what is your big Why?
2: My why is to save the world by helping individuals fight for lives of freedom and fulfillment. And I do that by helping them build their brands so that they can generate the revenue to build the, their freedom lifestyle and their freedom business.
1: Absolutely. And we will talk about what that means in the next segment when we talk about your book. Uh, We've got about a minute or so to the break. What do you think it takes to become a successful entrepreneur?
2: You know, I think it takes uh, not just working hard. I, I can't stand the word grind. I think it takes working smart because there's a lot of people who they watch some of the gurus and they're like, oh, you got to grind away, grind away. So they're in the forest cutting down like a thousand trees when all they have to do is cut down two. And it's easy to get stuck in that mindless grind and and just work work hard without working smart as well.
1: Yeah. And I've had several great mentors who have said, you know, working smart is really, really the key. If you've got an axe and a tree, spend more time sharpening the axe. Uh, so that you can cut the tree down faster, and that makes makes a lot of sense, right? Absolutely, hundred percent. Perfect. We're coming up against our first break. My very special guest this week is Kurt Mercadante. I love saying that Mercadante. <laughs> I bet you get that a lot. I,
2: I do. I get a lot of misspellings, and I get a lot of interesting pronunciation. So you're 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 pronouncing it absolutely perfect.
1: Perfect. We will come back right after the break, and we're going to talk about Kurt's book, Five Pillars of the Freedom Lifestyle: How to Escape the Comfort Zone of Misery, and we will come right back. After the break, this is Success Profiles Radio. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how to, reach out to me at ww.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's BrianKWright.com.
0: Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles. If I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And
1: we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Kurt Mercadante. We will talk about his book momentarily. If you have not downloaded and subscribed to the show on iTunes, please do it. Leave a review, that would mean a lot to me. We are coming up on episode number 400 later in the year, probably right around Thanksgiving time or shortly thereafter. I cannot wait to celebrate episode number 400 with all of you. It's been going strong since 2012. Let's keep it going. So, Kurt, let me ask you this. How did you find your first 10 customers?
2: Uh, you know, my, my very first customer with my agency uh, was my 9-to-5 job that I quit, and they, they loved me so much. They, they offered me the job first to do it remotely, and then they said, well, why don't you just bring us on as a consultant? And then I just went and started trying to find cookie cutters of the same client. And that's what I do now, and that's what I help my clients do as well, to identify that ideal client, not, not just a bread-and-butter client, not just a client that's just going to pay you money, uh, but that client that is going to pay you trusted advisor money instead of just treating you like a vendor, that, advi- that, 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 that growth client that is going to allow you to grow and scale and pay you what you're worth, pay you enough money that you can hire the personnel to scale your business. And um, you do that by looking at your existing client base, the ones that you love working with, identify them, and then go out in the world. You know, LinkedIn is incredible. You can go find a cookie cutter of whatever client you have, your favorite clients, go out and find them and start speaking to them on a regular basis.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. So what great lessons have you learned early on that have served you later on?
2: But I also, there's such a big misconception with my clients and i have clients who say well i just want to rely on the law of attraction and you know what i learned is you can you can put out wonderful content and you can you can put out the great vibe right and attract like attracts like and you attract those people in your orbit yes but what i learned and what some people learn the hard way is those there's some people who will be in your orbit for years and what you said made absolute sense the lend of that the, the, you know the end of the word attraction is action you got to take maybe one two three steps forward to strike up a conversation to to be intentional with those people and it's amazing how all of those people will just hover in orbit unintentionally and then you reach out and next thing you know they become a client of yours yeah and i have a lot of folks now who who've been sold the bill of goods by oh just put out content and they'll come to you well they'll come in your orbit but, man, you got to take action, just like you said, to go get them. I learned that the hard way. Now I help you know, my clients learn it uh, so that they, can, uh, they don't go through the same thing I did as well.
1: Right. And people in your orbit, surprisingly enough, may not always know what you do. And so when yeah, it comes yeah. time for them to want the thing that you do,
2: they go somewhere else because they didn't know you do it. hundred percent. And, you know, I worked in politics for a bit. And they always said, you know, one of the biggest reasons someone doesn't vote for a candidate is because they don't ask for their vote. And mm. it was amazing. We'd be filming ads. We'd be, I'd be writing a speech. Getting candidates to do something as simple as finish a speech or an ad with, I'm John Smith, and I'd be honored to have your vote. Yeah, It's like they feel that's too salesy. It's too beneath them. It's like, well, it, it's amazing. It, it sounds so simple. Mm-hmm. The same thing applies to business as well, like you said. Now, if your message is off so that no one knows what you do, that's a separate matter, and that's an important matter. But right. even then and there— people, people may not want to know, you know, that you want to work with them. You take two steps forward and they're like, oh my gosh, I feel honored that you would want me to work with you. And, yeah. um, it's amazing.
1: Yeah. And to tail off of that, I had a mentor one time who said that your message should also repel certain people because there are some people you don't want to work with.
2: Absolutely. And I, you know, I've been known to use some salty language on some of my videos on LinkedIn and, and there's some people who would never work with me. and, and, And I'm fine with that because it wouldn't be a great fit. But if, if you try to be vanilla, you end up speaking to everyone. And when you speak to everyone, you speak to no one. And I often joke around that, you know, that word vanilla, uh, reminds me of the word, uh, poverty Mm. (laughs) because it's just a nothing message. And I see people who want to please the world and they want to please everyone. And, you know, the person you actually serve is walking by you, but doesn't know you serve them because you haven't spoken explicitly to them. Right. And so you're, you're, you're losing money. So that, that's why it comes down to idealing. Uh, you know, clearly identifying that ideal client. And when I say ideal clients, like when I ask you, who's your ideal client? So many people are like, you know, it's like the universe or all God's children. <laughs> like, No, who specifically is your client? And then that impact story, I call it is that one sentence message that clearly defines the impact your clients get from working with you.
1: Yeah, that is absolutely fantastic, and I do like that. Let's talk about your book. It's called Five Pillars of the Freedom Lifestyle, How to Escape the Comfort Zone of Misery. Why did you decide to write this?
2: Yes, because you know I broke free, and I wanted to help others break free as well. And it's amazing how many people, you know, we're coming up. September 23rd is going to be the year anniversary of the book coming out. And I'm getting people reaching out to me who ta- who, who basically, you know, I never knew they, they read the book. They read the book. They listen to my podcast. And they're like, you know, I quit my job and I've been traveling the world with my family because I read your book. Wow. I've made these changes because I've read your book. And, you know, it's, it's for those people that I wrote it. To let them know that you don't have to ask permission to define the life you want to live. You don't have to ask permission to, to get up and quit your job if it if it's not for you and follow your dreams. And I know that sounds cliche. Your dream may be something small. But if you're yeah. in a life where you wake up every day and you have a case of the blahs and you're in a job you hate, your physical fitness is horrible. You're not yeah. being the parent the, the, the partner, the spouse that you, that you know you should be, yeah. then it's time to take a step back and really reevaluate where you are in life.
1: Yeah, I mean, sometimes people are sitting around waiting for the blessing from somebody else. No, just go. I mean, if, if you are in a place that you don't like, you don't need someone's permission to leave that. Absolutely, right, can, and yeah. yeah. <laughs> it can be scary. Now, that's a different story, but you don't need permission to leave a job you hate. You don't need permission to start your dream business if that's what you want to do. Uh, you know, having the resources and the connections, some of that certainly makes a difference in making it happen faster. And I'm sure you'd agree with that. But if you've got a dream and you've got the wherewithal, I really, honestly believe that if if God has planted a dream in your heart, then the resources to make that dream come true will will appear.
2: Yeah, and I, I think you know the resources we have. We each of us already have it and it's yeah. and it's in our creative thinking. And you know, I ask people, what's your biggest challenge to starting your own business? Lack of money. Is it really? Let's let's dig deeper. Yeah. And it's not actually the lack of money. What it is is the lack it, it could be fear or the lack of a plan to go figure out how you're gonna go and get money. Because, you know, humans would have never been we should have never survived coming out of the caves and in the environment with the large beasts around us. But, you know, everything starts out as a thought, and that thought turns into an idea. The things around us, your business is the manifestation of that idea. And so if you allow garbage in, it's going to be garbage out, right? So it starts with mindset so you have the right thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I was working with a lot of people helping them build that freedom lifestyle, but what I figured out was a lot of them were like, okay, I jumped off the cliff. Now what do I do? I got to build a business. And you know I've built three profitable businesses now, and I'm like, okay, well, I need to help them. So I'm really focusing on helping them build what I call the authority brand, which mm-hmm. is those ideas. So those ideas are, are where your authority lies, those ideas for how you're going to improve the life of someone else. Because if, if you're selling golf balls or widgets or high-end consulting – You're improving the life of someone else, and you could have 10 competitors, but those ideas are unique. Your ideas in your head for how you improve the life of someone else are unique, and therein lies your authority. But if a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to hear it, you got to communicate those ideas effectively to the right clients or you don't have a business.
1: Absolutely. We've talked about the idea of freedom for a little while here. What does freedom mean to you? Because I'm sure we all have a personal definition of what that looks like.
2: Yeah, freedom to me means the ability to live the life you want, a life that is aligned, not balanced, but aligned in which your self, your family, your career are aligned. And building the life you want without apology, as long as you don't step on other people, right, the non-aggression principle, but doing it within those bounds, knowing that you are personally responsible and that every choice you make puts you on the timeline that you have chosen that's what freedom means to me.
1: Absolutely, and we talked a little while ago about how you felt like you weren't living a dream freedom lifestyle when you just quit the business that you built to seven figures. Was there something specific that triggered that for you?
2: It it wasn't specific. It was just over time. Yeah. You know, I would I would uh, I worked from home. I had a home office and I had a team around the globe. Yeah. And I still wouldn't see my family. And even mm-hmm. when I would come down to dinner, I would be physically present, but not mentally present. I would snap at everyone. I was in a bad mood to mention. I had health problems, mental and physical health issues, and it just built up over time. And I woke up on a Tuesday morning. I remember it, it was Thanksgiving week and I was supposed to have the week off, but everyone was hop on this conference call, send us this email, yeah. send us this phone call. And I woke up on that Tuesday morning and I said, I'm done. And I went and told my wife and I said, yeah. I'm done. And she, she, I said, I'm right. Like right now I'm done. Like I'm not I'm not gonna build a runway to sell it. I should have done that five years ago. Uh we're done and my wife said, It's about time. Yeah. And um, you know, a lot of people are surprised by that, right? But my wife knew that it was keeping me from being the dad and the husband that that she wanted me to be, and that she knew that I could be and should be and that I wanted to be. And so we knew that, you know, numbers in a bank account don't equal freedom. It, uh it, it helps and money money's great, but It's not the end all be all.
1: Absolutely. So let's start talking about the freedom five. There are five pillars. We've got about three minutes or so to our break. The first one is
2: superpowers. Yes. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I'm a Gallup-certified strengths coach, and every single human being has what are called talents. I call them your untapped superpowers. There's those naturally occurring patterns of thought, feeling, and behavior that you can productively apply. When you invest in them, you turn them into strengths. When you combine your knowledge, skill, passion, all that, you show up every day ready to go. You turn it into your superpowers, and that's when you get in that state of flow and your zone of genius. Absolutely. So what about the idea
1: of strengths versus weaknesses? A lot of people will talk about working on your weaknesses. I say, get out of here with that. I mean, I would focus on my strengths because that will elevate me faster than trying to work on something I'm not very good at. What do you think?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And we're conditioned since we're young. It's called deficit based development to focus on our weaknesses. You know, you don't ignore your weaknesses like Larry Bird, NBA Hall of Famer. He's he's the one who said I'm a slow white guy who can't jump. Yeah. Well, you know what? He it's not like he ignored his weight. It's not like he just didn't work out and let himself get overweight. He became as fast as he could and jumped as high as he could, but he focused on shooting and passing the ball. Those were his strengths. One of the best players that ever lived.
1: Yeah, and one of the best passers, one of the most creative passers. He and Magic Johnson. What a treat that they both got to play at the same time. Absolutely, definitely, yeah. Oh, my gosh, I love that. We got about a minute or so to our break. Let me ask you very quickly, we'll go to the rest of these five after the break, but I would love to ask you, how do you decide what to say yes to and what to say no to?
2: When you have a clearly defined vision for your life, and you reverse engineer it, instead of moving toward it, you reverse engineer it and plot the simplest, shortest, straightest path there, then you know what is the simplest, straightest path there. You, don't know, you know what the BS is. And so by doing that, anything that's on that path, you can say yes to. Everything else, you say no thanks. I don't have time for it.
1: That is a beautiful, brilliant answer. And with that, we are coming up against our break. My very special guest is Kurt Mercadante. We're talking about his book, Five Pillars of the Freedom Lifestyle How to Escape the Comfort Zone of Misery. We will talk about the other four pillars. We talked about knowing your superpowers, amplifying your strengths, and managing your weaknesses. We'll come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.bryankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's Briankwright.com.
0: This is the TokiNet Radio Network. Radio with a cutting edge.
1: If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Kurt Mercadante, and we're talking about his book, Five Pillars of the Freedom Lifestyle, How to Escape the Comfort Zone of uh, Misery. And if you've not subscribed to Success Profiles Magazine, please do it. We're working on the August issue right now, and the feature cover is going to be Tom Terwilliger. It's going to be fantastic. And uh, subscribe at successprofilesmagazine.com if you want to read that and any of the other issues we've done in the last two and a half years. Get it now, successprofilesmagazine.com. So we're talking about the five pillars with Kurt. And we talked about knowing your superpowers before the break. What is the second pillar of freedom?
2: It is vision. It's that rock. It's your guiding star. It's that one sentence that defines where you want to go. And it won't change. You know, I, I, I when this COVID mess started, I said, you know, I posted on, on LinkedIn and Facebook You know, if your vision, if you feel your vision has to change because of a pandemic, it wasn't the right vision. And so many people jumped on me and said, well, what if your vision was, you know, a new restaurant or or something that required, you know, lots of people or a concert venue? And I said, that's not a vision. That's a temporary objective or an outcome on the way to your vision. But you can't, a lot of people will say, well, is this job right for me? I'm like, I don't know. What's your vision? Right. You you, you got to plot that vision and reverse engineer it because if you try to plan to the vision, it's like throwing spaghetti against the wall to see what sticks. Right. I mean, and
1: to define your vision, you should start with your purpose and the impact you want to make. Right.
2: Yep. Purpose plus impact. That's exactly right. That's that is the key. the The equation, because we're, none of us are here to take up space. We're all here to make an impact, and making an impact makes you feel good. You know, you help other people, and and like we said earlier in the show, if you have a business, you're helping other people. And there's a lot of people who look at sales as like a dirty word, yeah, because they look at it as something like akin to I'm going to go beg people for money and pick their pocket. It's like no, if if you don't believe in what you're selling, if you don't believe in your product, if you if you don't believe in the impact that your product or service has on someone else. Then you need to find a different product or service, right? Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah, absolutely. So number three is alignment.
2: Yes, yes. I, you know, so many people are seeking work-life balance, and I like to say that that's BS. Yeah. Because there's not work and life, there's just life. And how you spend the time in your life is up to you. So, you know, a lot of people, like the yin and the yang, and people say, well— that's a balance. That's a duality. No, the yin and the yang are mixed together. You're supposed to have both pieces of it. It's like that with your life too, work, family, and self, and, or relationships and self. You align those in a way that works for you, and it's not like – you know a lot of people look at work-life balance as like life's like this seesaw or teeter-totter, right? And, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to weigh down on the work here for the next 25 years until I'm 65, and then it'll all balance out. Well, I know so many people in my family who went on that 65-year plan, yeah. and they got to 64, 66 at knee replacement, heart attack, stroke. That's just in my family. Yeah. And, you know, so life is for living, not waiting.
1: I totally get that. Number four is outcomes.
2: Yes. So we already we already gave a hint to that, right? When you know what your three top outcomes are every single day, it keeps you from wasting your day, from wasting time, from being truly productive. And the only way you can know what those outcomes are is you take that vision and you reverse engineer it. So you know your three top outcomes for every year, every month, every week, and every day. That is fantastic. And then flow. Flow is the cumulative impact of the first four. Mm. We know when you get in your strength zone, it's like you know throwing right-handed instead of left-handed if you're right-handed. you are right handed A lot of us force ourselves to do the equivalent of throwing left-handed all day, right? It's grinding instead of flowing. Uh, Having those goals, having that clear vision, having goals that are inherently intrinsically rewarding, uh, you know, when you have that clear vision, uh, that's when you get in that state of flow and, you know, alignment. I go to the chiropractor. Actually, right before this, I, I came back from the chiropractor. I go every Monday because he gets my body in alignment. When my body is in alignment, everything just flows so much better.
1: Yeah, I love that. So where can we find the book now that I'm thinking about it?
2: Yeah, if you, it's on Amazon. If you go to fivepillarsoffreedom.com, you can also get Chapter One uh, absolutely free as well.
1: I love that. That's fantastic. So let me ask you this. In the course of scaling a business, we talked earlier about having your message so that you attract your right crowd and you repel your wrong crowd. What happens if someone gets under your radar and you end up working with them and it's just not a great fit. How do you know when it's time to fire a client and how do you really do
2: that? Yeah. I've become really, really good at picking up beforehand. Good. In fact, there were two this year that I just said, you know what? This isn't a good fit. And I remember one said, how do you even know that? I said, I had, it's my spidey sense, but it happens. And if you're in the middle of that relationship and the best thing is just to own up to, 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 to deal with it, to determine, can I fix it or is this just beyond fixable? And uh, I fired clients in the past. Um, it's not the best thing, but it feels very refreshing and rewarding afterwards. Yeah. And the best thing is to to get to that point. you know I, my process includes you know not only content and reaching out to people and right message right clients, but I call people. I pick up on the phone. and when I do those calls, I call it the interview story. yeah and if it's 20 minutes, they're speaking for 15. And I'm interviewing them. They get to tell me all their outcomes, their desired goals, all those things. But through that, I get a really good sense of I'm interviewing them as much as they're interviewing me. And at the end of it, I, I get through the call and I'll refer them to someone else who I think is a better fit for yeah. them because I've taken money from people knowing it was going to be a disaster and it wasn't worth it. Do you think that
1: was an abundance versus scarcity issue for you?
2: Yeah. Oh, Yeah. I mean, the first four years with my agency, I was taking money, you know, people offered me money and I took it because it's like someone's handing me money. That was yeah. a scarcity mindset. And if you're not confident in what you provide and the service you provide, then that's going to bleed over to discounts and lowering your price and saying yes to things you should say no to. But when you have an abundance mindset, it's like, OK, this person is going to say no, they're going to take a pass. That's fine. That's fine because there's plenty of people right around the corner, But, but, but you gotta believe in what you're selling and you have to have that abundance mindset, which in many cases takes re deprogramming and reprogramming the scarcity programming you've had since age one.
1: Yeah. I, I took on a horrible roommate once because I had a scarcity issue. I needed a renter to rent one of the rooms in my, in my condo. And, uh, He had the nerve to bring a roommate agreement to me. I'm like, do you watch Big Bang Theory? (laughs) (laughs) I I, I looked at him just incredulously. I'm like, oh, my gosh. But then in our second conversation, he didn't really bring it up again. He just wanted to know that it didn't work out. We both had the right to give each other 30-day notice or whatever. But, yeah, it was – I took a roommate that I never should have even let set foot in my house because of a scarcity issue – It's important to operate out of want and not out of need, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and realize, again, it goes back to that, that creative mind that we have and that creative flow. And I read a lot of Eric Butterworth and Charles Fillmore who, who equate, for instance, even going back to the book of Genesis, that it's not the creation of our world, but that everything is in a constant state of creation. And that everything we have is right here. Everything you need to live the life you want is within your creative mind. You know, you take a hammer. That started out as a thought. Some dude way back long ago or maybe it was a woman said, my hand's bloody because I'm trying to pound in nails with my hand if you had nails, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to create a tool and you know, someone would call it a hammer. That's the creative process happening. So if you're building a business, if you're even looking for a roommate, if you're going to move. I had a client who wanted to move to a different city and she was so afraid because she thought, I can't find a realtor. I don't know what town. I don't know apply the creative process. Just let it flow through you. Mm -hmm. Again, it takes an abundance mindset because if you have a scarcity mindset, you're just so gripped with fear and that life in the world is a a pie with three slices and it doesn't get any bigger and you don't bake any more pies. When we know that we have the ability to bake a bigger pie or bake more pies, that's the way it always has been.
1: It's always about being more resourceful. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So before the break, which is coming up uh, in maybe two or three more minutes, I would love to, to begin to explore PR and advertising because that's the background that you came from. So I'd love to ask, what do people get wrong about branding? Where are some of the misconceptions around branding?
2: Yeah, so I, I, I talk about four pillars of branding. And the first one is actually the one we work on last, and that's attention because most people think of branding and they think of eyeballs. I'm going to get a catchy logo. I'm going to go out and get likes and views and I'm going to get shares and it's all this stuff and it's glitz and glamor and eyeballs and attention. Well, we get hit with about four to 8,000 advertisements a day. Yeah. That's not including podcasts like this and other things. Right. And so you're competing for attention. So it's got to be about more than that. But a lot of people stop there and they, they focus on the tools and the tactics and I'm going to do pay-per-click. I'm going to do Facebook ads. I'm going to do all these things. And they wonder, I'm getting attention. Well, well, if you have the wrong message and you're delivering it to the wrong clients, it's garbage in, garbage out. All the tools and getting the attention doesn't matter. That's the number one thing that I see people, generally entrepreneurs, getting wrong, is that it has to go deeper than attention. And I'll, I'll ask people. I'll get on calls or I'll, I'll you know, we'll get in a message on LinkedIn. I'll say, well, do you have any branding challenges? No. Um, I have my logo. My website's great. Hmm. Okay. What are your biggest challenges? Well, my messaging's not right, and I don't know who my ideal client is. Mm. We've come to think the word brand means something that it doesn't. And I think that's because there's a lot of what I call branding vendors out there who are calling themselves branding coaches, Mm. and they sell views. They sell a logo. They sell a website. And they're very good at what they do, and those things are important. Yes. But you got to save those till the end because that's like building a house. But starting with the paint colors and the roofing tiles, that house is going to fall down. You got to build the foundation around message and clients.
1: I love that. Couple minutes to the break. How do you build an authority brand?
2: Yeah. Well, well, one thing I got, I got a freebie for all your listeners. If they take out their phone and text you authority, y o u authority, it's like you and authority to the number five five six seven eight. There's actually a free webinar there called Four Pillars of Building an Authority Brand. It's about a half hour. Uh, I recorded it live. You can go there. There's some other goodies there as well, all free, uh, no harm, no foul. Take it, leave it, love it, hate it, whatever, right? Um, But building that authority brand, it starts with what I call that impact story. Yeah. What is the impact your client gets from working with you? Because a lot of people, you know, I, I work a lot with financial entrepreneurs, financial services entrepreneurs, and I look at 10 LinkedIn profile, and it's the same thing. I'm passionate about wealth. I'm d- 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 it's the same thing no one cares. No one cares about your features, your products, your bells, your whistles. They it doesn't mean they don't have empathy for you. Right. <laughs> it doesn't mean they don't care about you as a human being. But if I'm going to give you money, I want to know what I'm getting in return. And so many people can't clearly succinctly state that in one sentence. Everyone wants to do what I call verbally vomit, which yeah. is I'm going to I'm going to give you 100 bullet points about my product or service. And I'm going to hope you retain it. And I'm going to overwhelm you by showing you how smart I am. There's time for that. But at first, people want to know what's in it for me.
1: Exactly. We're coming up against our final break. I cannot believe how quickly this is going. My very special guest this week is Kurt Murgadante, And we are talking about his book, Five Pillars of the Freedom Lifestyle, How to Escape the Comfort Zone of Misery. And we just spent the last couple minutes talking about branding. And we have a lot more to talk about down the stretch we come when we return If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone Sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at PhoneSites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's PhoneSites.com forward slash Brian.
0: State Fair has something for everyone. There are rides, games, exhibitions and competitions, but I personally go for the levreword or fast food. This year, my new favorite food is a Cuban fusion burger made by Grant's Tasty Burgers. This burger features pork sausage, smoked ham, tomatoes, sliced pickles, spicy mayo, mustard and Swiss cheese. Delicious. What do you call a great big hamburger with everything on it but the kitchen sink? A redonkadonk. Charlie's Chicken is offering a caviar top Twinkie for $125. I guess that's a fair price, but I'm not sure I want to pay that much for ma wallop. That's messy food. It's Words You Never Heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and Words You Never Heard has been brought to you by the Bariatric Surgery Center of Dallas
1: are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest is Kurt Mercadante and his book is called Five Pillars of the Freedom Lifestyle, How to Escape the Comfort Zone of Misery. We talked a little bit about brand. We're talking about the four pillars of building an authority brand. I would love to ask about money flowing toward authenticity. Now, authenticity is a big buzzword now. I don't know if anyone really has a great grasp on what that actually means other than just being yourself. But Tell us about money flowing toward authenticity and what that means in the marketplace.
2: Yeah, so authenticity is actually the fourth pillar of building an authority brand, and it means showing up consistently, time after time, factually, truthfully, and in a quality way. You know, you you provide a quality product or service on a regular basis. You do what you say, um, and you say what you mean, and then you pair that with third-party credibility. But I think that, you know, there are certainly people who are making some Cash who are not authentic, yeah, um, you know. But I think by and large, people. I think I think the people who are making money not being authentic do it by faking authenticity. If that makes if that makes any sense, yeah. um, I had a discussion with a client last week who was talking about Ray Dalio, who wrote the book Principles, and and my client works in the financial world. And he remarked, you know, Ray Dalio is worth $10 million. And yet his, you know, a lot of the videos he's, it just seems like basic videos, nothing too slick. And I I said, he's doing that on purpose. He probably pays a lot of money to make it look not slick Yeah, because people, you know, for, for since the dawn of television, right, we've been being fed slick. And, you you know, one of the things that the internet did, I mean, you look at a guy like Gary Vee, who really kind of blew apart the wine tasting world because he would go with like a little spittoon, he would drop F-bombs, taste wine, and spit the wine out. Yeah. And now, you know, he's got someone following around the camera, but he makes it look authentic. Right. Um yes. it's not heavily edited. He'll he'll take pictures of himself, you know, with a five o'clock shadow passing out on an airplane. You know, I mean it's his phone and and I always urge people, people want to see the real you. And pick up your phone, walking down the driveway, film a video. Yeah. You know, they don't want canned and the authenticity will play out because in the short term, you can fool people, but you can't do it in the long term.
1: Absolutely. What do you think is the difference between influence and impact?
2: Yeah, the difference between influence and impact, I think I don't think there's a difference between them. I think they go hand in hand, and a lot of people get that wrong. Mm. They think influence is like, I'm going to influence you to do something you don't want to do. And, and they focus on that, right? Really, having influence is when y- you walk into a room— And you have an impact on everyone in that room. It goes back to to having a positive impact and making their life better. You know, Bob Berg, who wrote the Go-Giver books, uh, who I'm I'm honored to call a friend. One of the things he told, you know, that he writes about is that word influencer is about helping other people. Bob, when my book came out, he must have read. I don't know. Bob Bob owes me nothing. He must have retweeted my book 30 times and helped sold so many books for me. Because he's just a nice guy and he likes to help people, that's true influence. It's not Bob calling me up. Like some people watch some of these sales gurus and they would le- be led to believe that influence is like the Alec Baldwin character from Glengarry Gary Glenn Ross. And you're you're just going to hop up on coffee. You're going to call people. You're gonna you're going to berate them. You know the old thing where you know the the used car salesman blocks the door until you buy that car. You know some of us have been conditioned to think that's what influence is. Influence is having a positive impact on the people around you to build it organically instead of you know with an iron fist.
1: Yeah, that is absolutely fantastic. Having a positive mindset is really important. How do you set up your day for success?
2: I ask myself two questions. And then I and then I do a gratitude journal. But even even before that, the most important conversation we have in our day is the conversation we have with ourselves as soon as we wake up. Maybe even open our eyes. Maybe your eyes aren't open yet. And it's easy to Automatically go to your calendar, and I got that. I have that conference call with the jerk that I don't like. I got to do this. I got to do that. Stop that. Instead, ask yourself two simple questions: What's awesome about today? You know, you're alive. You're six feet. You're above ground instead of six feet under. Start with that, and then the second question is: What will make today even more awesome? You know, that second question it it's tricky because it acknowledges there are some things that aren't perfect, but instead of saying that sucks, that's horrible, right? You're saying what could make today even more awesome? And so that to me, that daily practice helps set me up for abundance and positivity. Uh, and, and, and then I go and I, I write 25 things every day that I'm grateful for. And that helps too. But those two simple questions is first, first thing you wake up in the morning.
1: What's awesome about today and what would make today even more awesome. That's fantastic. I love all of that. So Kurt, tell us about your podcast.
2: Yeah, and it's funny. Last week, I launched another podcast called The Authority Brand, but Freedom Mindset Radio, really, I mean, we have people on there uh, talking about uh, some uh, sales. We have people down there talking about health, fitness. In a couple weeks, I have uh, Shane Saunders from Australia. He's a breathing coach telling you how to breathe your way to a better business for stress relief uh, and focus. Uh, We cover all those things that help you build the life you actually desire and, uh, so we have, uh, you know, incredible guests like Dr. Joe Vitale. We talked about Randy Gage, Bob Berg, and then some solo, uh, uh episodes as well. And then I launched the authority brand podcast, which by the way, if you text you authority to five, five, six, seven, eight, again, you can subscribe there. And that's all about building that authority brand. So we have, uh, guests, uh, who are building brands, entrepreneurs, uh, sales experts, uh, on a weekly basis.
1: Do you help people build their brand on air or is it more of an informative show of case studies of people who've done it?
2: Yeah it's more informative although uh, you know I might try that I, I a lot of you know whenever I um, I uh, record my podcast, I do it uh, live on via live stream so LinkedIn lives uh, Twitter lives So maybe yeah, that's a great idea. maybe I'll start doing that and help them build it online that'd be that'd be yeah. perfect.
1: I bet live coaching would go over really really well.
2: Yeah, that would be very cool. You know, you you gotta find the right person who's willing to do it. Right. Some people are scared even to pick up the phone to call me about helping them privately. Right. Um, And so, but yeah, that that's actually a great idea.
1: Cool. So we talked about finding your superpower earlier in the show. What is your superpower, Kurt?
2: You know, my superpower is my creativity. Mm. And I can't paint worth a damn. You know, I, uh, I'm, I, I guess I played the piano, but I'm not super musical. I can't sing, but that's not necessarily what creativity is. If I sit down long enough and think through a problem, I can find a solution. Not if I sit down and tense up and try to think through it. And when I look at my, my overall, um, Uh, my strengths, according to my Gallup Finder exam, you know, my number one kind of domain of strength is strategic, strategic thinking. And that's where that creativity plays out. I love to think through problems and think ways to get things done so that if I'm ever backed in a corner right now, I look at the decisions I've made that have led me to here. And I'm like, you know what? I know that not just myself, but I'm a human being. We have that innate power to think our way out of any problem. If we just allow ourselves to do that.
1: That's fantastic. What do very few people know about you that might surprise us?
2: Uh, it's funny. The one thing that comes to mind is I, w- I was a high school cheerleader. I had no skills, but me and, what, four other guys said, let's become cheerleaders. It started out as a joke, and then the cheerleading coach loved it and put us on the team. And it's funny. I got more injured doing that than I did uh, playing football, playing soccer, or running cross country. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow,
1: that's interesting. I, I would not have visualized that, but that's really that's pretty cool actually. So yeah. tell us tell us about the most influential booker mentor you've ever run across.
2: You know who comes to mind is I would have to say well my my number one hero my mentor is my dad. Mm. Um, you know he passed away in two thousand twelve, and I still he's still with me. And the advice that I didn't listen to because I was arrogant and not in a learning mindset for most of my life through age probably thirty-eight or to forty, um, you know, all that advice comes back now, and yeah. I just sit when I'm in a, in a in a jam, you know. In terms of in terms of books, um, uh, you know, Bob Berg and his Go-Giver books have had a huge influence on me. Also, uh, Eric Butterworth, um, he passed away, I believe, in two thousand two. He was a minister, a radio host. Um, But he talks about a lot of the things we talk about now. He never really uses the term law of attraction, but it's there. He talks about that creative flow. And I read Eric every single morning. Mm -hmm. And it gets me in that state of just really, for me, being at one with God, but realizing that that is where the creativity comes from and that I have no lack or limitation. And I just tell myself every morning, that I am energy. Energy can be created, neither be created nor destroyed. We know that. And I'm energy, so nothing can happen to me. I can't be destroyed. So what I do with that energy and harness it with my focus is how my day is going to go, and I know it's up to me.
1: Fantastic. Three minutes to the end. Let me ask you, if you could talk to the 18-year-old version of yourself right now, what might you say to him?
2: That I don't know everything. To listen more to my mentors, my bosses, and the people who've come before me, because timeless principles are timeless principles, and like I said before, I I thought I knew everything. I was arrogant, you know. I came out of college. I had all these top internships. I do I thought I knew everything. Now that that in some ways helped me along the way. So when I was yeah. like 27, 28, people are like, "You can't start a business. You've never been this or that." And I went and did it anyways. Yeah. But I I need I need to temper that more with, with really opening my mind to learning more yeah
1: is it safe to say that 18 year old version of you would not have listened
2: to oh to to what i'm saying now to your advice yeah Yeah. i'd probably say yeah 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 whatever you know unless i could show proof that you know of the future um but you know that's good because i i don't have any regrets and i don't think anyone should have regrets because where we are is based on our choices we've made and that's empowering because who you are and 20 years from now will be who you choose to be starting right now.
1: Fantastic. About a minute and a half until the end. The question I ask everyone, Kurt, who inspires and motivates you?
2: Um, Who inspires and motivates me? My kids right now. Mm. Um, Seeing them grow every day and just watching that learning and growth process and seeing just their joy, just abundant joy every single day, especially at a time when the world needs more joy. It creates joy in my life. And helps me remember why I'm doing what I'm doing.
1: Fantastic. So as we wind down, Kurt, how can we find you? How can we try with you and vibe with you?
2: Yes. If you go to merc.merc.enterprises, that's my website. You can learn more about me. Or again, if you text authority to five five six seven eight, there's a bunch of free goodies there. And anyone who texts me, guess what? You're going to get a call from me as well, me personally.
1: <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. Well, thank you, Kurt, for being here. This was fun and awesome.
2: Thank you, Brian. I had a great time. And uh, like I said, offline, I'm gonna go watch the White Sox tonight. Okay, go twins. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. All right. Well, thanks for being here, Curtin. And thanks to all of you for listening. And it's been fun and enjoyable to have you here. Join us every Monday at 6pm Eastern, where I interview another world class achiever, learn what they achieved, what they overcame and the lessons we can learn along the way. Until then, have a great week. Goodbye, everyone.